today. Last week, I started this idea of this uh, um, going to Rome, this idea of Paul and his journey, and it wasn't a cruise ship. It was a prison boat, and so learning some things from him the best that we can. So we're going to uh, pick up from there, and let's talk a little bit about that tonight some more. From childhood on up, we are constantly, we wrestle with this tension between what we think is the truth and what's below the surface. It starts out when we realize Santa Claus isn't real. How does this happen to us? Or the tooth fairy, or the magicians that just unbelievable, and then we realize, well, it's just a sleight of hand or just smoke and mirrors. It's just, it's not really what's happening. And as adults, it kind of doesn't end sometimes. You, you see something before you and then just beneath the surface. It's the, it's the perfect house. It's wonderful. And then you find out the sewer system is broken all in it. Or, uh, you know, there's so many things that go wrong. It's, a, it's the friendly coworker that you find out stabs you in the back. Or it's the family member that you just love, but that betrays you when you're not there. These things happen sometimes because not everything is what it looks like on the surface. And painful events, however, and unpredictable people and challenging circumstances, sometimes even those things ignite some positive changes beyond what we can see at the time. You ever heard of a situation like this? You hear people say, if I had not lost that job, I would have never done this, done this, done this, and now I am to where I am today. That terrible situation that you thought was so bad propelled you in a different direction, and wonderful things happened because of that. And so that happens. I remember hearing a guy, he talked about his a house he owned, and his it was a terrible situation. His wife had left him, and and I don't remember all the details. It sounds like just a, a horrible story, and it was, but it's just, uh, it sounds like a fable, I should say, but it was real life. Somehow his house was across the street, or she lived, moved across the street from him. And so every day, he, he just, he had to be reminded of this, of this pain and this hurt. And then the insurance company, he fought with them forever about my house is overinsured. They said, no, it's, it's not. And he tried to prove this, and he had to pay all these premiums and stuff. He just, he said, I fought with them. And then he said, I, it was just everything was set up against me. And then they were out of town at like at a conference or something, and they got a call. Their house burned to the ground. And it was just like called insult to injury. But then all of a sudden he started reflecting back. I get a move from across the street, A, and B, it was so overinsured, and the insurance company said it was all worth that. He got all this insurance money to be able to do. Again, we chalk it up to chance, or we could chalk it up to God knew what was happening behind the scenes and was planning things out for it to be in his favor. Those are the types of things that sometimes we don't recognize because we can't see them. That, that tension is so apparent many times in our spiritual lives. That's why we call it, this is a walk of faith. 
if I could see everything and knew everything in the future, I wouldn't have to walk by faith. But because I can't, there it is called this walk by faith. That very essence of faith is believing in that which can't be seen and, and, and is discerned or, or things that can't be discerned by the human uh, feelings or eyes or mortal minds. Hebrews 11.1, 1, you know the verse where. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of the things not seen. Faith requires something of us. It requires us to put our perception aside and rely instead on the truth of God's promises and trust in who he is and trust in that he's a good God and trust that he has all power and trust that he's a sovereign God. That's what we have to do, and that's what faith requires of us, and that is sometimes difficult to do. But when these hard trials and all we see is the storm raging in front of us, those very circumstances are often when our faith matters most because that's when in those times is when we can expect God to do the impossible. When I can't do anything else, that's exactly where God wants me to be because he's a God who can do everything. And so when I get to the end of what I think and what I can see and I'm in the middle of the storm, my faith still reaches and clings to a God who can do everything and anything and has, all, has my good in mind and he'll perform in those circumstances. Understanding that our human perceptions, they are indeed limited. We, we learn to see through this lens of faith. We learn again to walk by faith. We can then shake free and, and break through to live this life that Jesus wants us to live. We can truly learn to walk by faith, to see what is going on through this lens of faith. What a way to live. What a confident way to live. What a relaxing way to live, knowing that come what may, God is still on the throne. Come what may, he's still in charge of every situation. And I can rest in that, knowing he has, he knows the way that I take, and he has me on his mind. Christians, many times, erroneously and unfortunately, it's become a, a, a uh, <laughs> this, this, this selling point many times of churches that, you know, as long as you live for the Lord and, 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 you, and you just come to church and you, you praise the Lord, that your life is going to run smoothly. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. Nowhere is that ever found in Scripture. That's not how this works. That's not how it happens. Nowhere are we told that we can avoid and eliminate all trials and all pain and all persecution and suffering if we just simply obey God. That is not how life works. I saw it again today. It popped up on a Facebook feed. I mentioned it several, a couple of years ago, I guess it would be now, in a, in a Bible study where they made this perfect environment for trees. And these trees grew, and they were beautiful trees, and they couldn't figure out. They walked in, and all of a sudden, trees just started falling over. 
And they'd come the next day and another tree just falling over. And they couldn't, they were saying, this is the perfect environment for this tree to grow. It's the perfect atmosphere. We've sheltered it. We, we put the right amount of sunlight and the right amount of water and the nourishments. Everything is perfect. This tree ought to blossom. And they were beautiful, but they fell over. And they soon found out what had happened along the way is because there was no wind. There was no torrent. There was no animals climbing on it. There was no shaking. That it, did, it wasn't necessary for it to have a strong root system and so in our lives many times we wonder why the storms we wonder why these situations come our way it's because we learn in those times to truly place our trust in him acts 20 23 save that the holy ghost paul was talking he he was saying that save that the holy ghost witnesseth in every city saying that he's saying you're going to go to every city and witness but in those cities there's going to be bonds there's going to be afflictions it's not going to be an easy road romans 5 paul also writes in verse 3 and not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope romans 12 12 rejoicing in hope Patient in tribulation or trials, continuing instant in prayer. Last one, James 1, 2, 3, 4 says, My brethren, here it is, count it joy. Run the aisles and shout and dance when you're going through a trial. <laughs> right. Well, how can I even look at it like that? Why am I slobbering in the altar and just, I can't even get out of bed. I'm in so much depression. I'm going through trials. Because he said, knowing this. Looking past the storm and knowing this in my head, I don't see it, I don't perceive it, I don't feel it, but knowing this, that the trying of my faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You'll become a mature Christian when you do that, just as your muscles in your body need to be exercised and, and they have to be moved in order to stay healthy and strong. We can grow spiritually only when our faith is tested and only when we're stretched and only when we're refined. So instead of looking elsewhere and looking elsewhere, well for help and relief and trying to find the immediate escape we've got to learn to trust God no matter what we're experiencing I speak to people that yes you're in a storm or people who've come out of a storm or people that will soon go into a storm we've all been there and it's part of who we are it's part of the life that we live but making our making sure that our mind is stayed on God. That whatever happens in that storm, there is something greater at work. So our inability to handle all that life throws at us, watch this wording, is actually a gift from God. I can't handle this. Perfect. I'm in over my head. Wonderful. I can't see my way out. Yes. Why are you saying that? Something wrong with you? No, because the scripture tells us, because when that happens, I have to depend on God. And what a richness and what a blessing and what a bonding and what a what a hold and a grip I get on him in those times that I can't see when the environment is perfect 
You know this, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me, a thorn in the flesh, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord. I prayed about it three times. Ask God, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. And he said to me, no, my grace is sufficient for thee because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. What a change of tune. Paul then says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities why in the world can you say that now, Paul? Because so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I don't just glory. I'm going to take pleasure in the trials and the situations and the infirmities, in the approaches, in reproaches and necessities, in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Because I found out something. When I can't do it in my flesh, he can do it through me is what I found out. This is that whole idea of I must decrease and he must increase. And when I figure that out, what glorious things can happen through me, what life-altering things can happen, what blessings of ministry can come to you when I learn it's not about me, but I submit myself before him and let him have the steering wheel, let him be in charge, let him do what he needs to do through me. You see, if I were Paul, I guess, let's be real here, I, I think I'd have been a little disappointed. And I may have been even a little angry with God for not taking away the thorn. But again, Paul rejoiced because he knew that meant I have to rely on him. So I ask you the question, what are you going through right now? Maybe blurring your vision some. Most of us say that we have no shortage of worries that weighs down on us every day. But God loves to come into those situations that we view as hopeless and help us through those. And make the impossible possible where only he can get the glory. So based on surface appearances, that is where we often make assumptions that will fit with our physical or circumstantial evidence. What I see is obstacles that loom large. What I see is waves over the top of the boat. What I hear is nails popping in the boat and, and waves crashing down and wind howling. That's my senses all around me. And fear is abundant and we get stuck on seeing only what our earthly eyes can see. Because that's where we live. Let's speak of Paul for a second going to Rome. From the perspective of the Romans... Paul was going to Rome to stand trial before the emperor, which a pretty daunting task and could mean death. It could mean anything. He, he had power. 
possibly face execution. Possibly there were some zealous Jewish people that were trying to kill Paul before he even got loaded, before he even got where he was going, and they were all out in a coup to get him. So possibly being murdered by Jewish people. Loading on this boat, it was going to be a long, hard travel to get there. From a human perspective, just looking at it from the surface and being real, it looked terrible. It looked awful. It looked like this may not work. This is, there's possibility that th this could go awry for Paul. God's perspective was totally different. Let's look at Acts 23, 11. Paul says, In the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Here's the deal about this, and we've talked about this in church and many times. We're talking about destiny and all of those things. When God says something, that's what's going to happen. Come what may, that's what's going to happen. If Paul, if God told Paul, you're going to Rome, Paul is going to Rome. Doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. It looked like a prison boat. It looked like some Jewish people were out to kill him. It looked like he was going to have to stand before the emperor and possibly be in trouble there. It looked like, as we read along, there was a terrible storm. It looked like the boat was cracking up, and it did. It looked like the boat was restored. It looked like, getting ahead in the story, he got snake bite. It looked like he should die. It looked like it doesn't matter what it looks like. What did God say is going to happen? Happen. That is what will happen. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. He's got a hold of our hand. He's going to lead and guide us. He's going to help us. That is what God said. Others around us may think that there's no way they know what's going to happen to us. Here's the problem. Sometimes we listen to other people more than we listen to God. I think we've stopped this some, but I'll, I'll be Pastor Dugas a minute and get off my notes and be a little ornery. All right, I'm meddling. But we always used to have a great, powerful Sunday night or Sunday morning service and power God's moving. We're snotting and crying. We're like, oh, great. Oh, I know we had a good service, so tomorrow the devil's going to beat me up. I'm going to have a headache and just be inside. Just the devil's going to get us. Which he'll try to. But sometimes I fear <laughs> we have more faith in what we think the enemy can do than faith in what we know what God can do. If God can help us on Sunday, he can help us on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. God can help us through those situations. Paul's journey to Rome, it revealed the, the, the vast difference between what can be seen and what was really happening. Because I, I say this all the time in counseling to people. I say, well, you know, they'll tell me something. I can't tell you how to feel. I can't tell you. you know, I, I, and I will say these words. Your, your perception is your reality. 
you may be crazy, but your perception is your reality. But when it comes to walking by faith and in the Spirit, perception is not always reality. Because I perceive a storm. I perceive the boat going down. I perceive we're going to be, I'm bitten by a snake. I perceive I'm going to die. No, that's all your perception. God said you're going to Rome. That's what the reality is. So no matter, again, what it looks like, you're going, you're not seeing the complete picture. God is for you. Let me, let me read some great verses of Scripture. All of them are, but these, Jer- Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Isaiah 14, 27, For the Lord of hosts, hath purpose and who shall disannul it and his hand is stretched out and who shall turn it back God has called each one of us to go to Rome I don't know when and how and I don't know what your journey is going to look like but he's called you to go to Rome to live out his passionate purposes for which he created and he has equipped you for and God has a destination for you and has been preparing you your entire life for what's next I've seen people run from it. I've seen people deny it. I've seen people try to excuse it away. But God has created you for a purpose and he's going to take you to Rome if you let him take you there. Don't live by what you perceive and what's necessarily going on at the moment around you. You've got to put perception in its place and keep walking by faith, knowing there's a great God who is all in all and has in everything in control. Back in 1899, William Jennings Bryan delivered a speech called America's Mission. And this one line of that speech I want to read to you, he said, Destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. It's not a thing to be waited for. It's a thing to be achieved. You may have heard of Coach, uh, of coach Chuck Pagano. He was the Colts' head coach in 2012. And three weeks after he landed his dream job, he was diagnosed with leukemia. It's a great story. Not going to go through it all. But how he did and how he, he tried was even coaching somewhat from his hospital bed. And uh, just a neat story and things that happened along his journey. But I, I want to say all of that, kind of put in perspective of who he was. Because this is a statement he made that I want to up, pick up here. He said, adversity will always be part of life. Circumstances don't define us or determine who we are. They only reveal who we are. I've said this a lot when I do marriage seminars and stuff, and, I, and it's funny because you'll see people's heads snap around. They're looking at their spouse uh, because, yeah, they shouldn't do that anyway. But I will say things like this. I was like, you know, there, there's people who's like, they'll, they'll, tell their, they'll, they'll tell their spouse, I never had anger issues till I met you. I got news for you. It just squeezed them to the top. They were there. Just something squeezed it to the top. And so that's what happens many times with our faith. It's what happens in a storm many times. It's because it will squeeze those things to the top to to determine and reveal who you truly are. No matter what happens in the storm... 
I still have a choice. Let's go back and let's look again at the Apostle Paul. Let's, let's see if we can learn something about this, this trip he was taking. Nothing about Paul's journey went smoothly. We, we, we've settled that. It wasn't a cruise ship, it was a prison ship. If, if you go through Acts 27, 1 through 8, it talks about all these things, how the journey began. And there were a couple of bright spots. And I want to, I want to stop and pause here for just a little bit. There were some silver linings behind the dark clouds that were coming up on the horizon. A uh, guy by the name of Julius, he was the Roman centurion. He was charged with delivering all of these prisoners, to, uh, including Paul, to Rome. And he, he, the Bible says he looked kindly toward Paul, and he allowed him to, to uh, go to Sidon. He, he went to ashore to Sidon so he could uh, visit friends. And the Bible says who could provide for his needs. We don't know what the needs are, but it was important enough, I guess, to note. And, and, and that reminds us to sometimes realize that even when we're experiencing trying situations, there is still mercy along the way. There are still blessings along the way. God has not left us, and he will make sure we know that he is still there. Many of those small things that just keep us going, it's the, it's the small act of kindness, it's the text, it's the call, it's the hug from someone in the body of Christ. It's the invitation to share a meal. It's a kind word. We can never forget to be that to somebody so that we can help them as the body of Christ moving through their journey. Those, those small gestures, sometimes they can sustain someone when their light seems to be out of control. But we have to be careful as those going through a storm that we don't get in crisis mode and miss everything God is doing either. Because sometimes you can get so overwhelmed. And I, I've been there, folks, and you've been there, and, and you understand what I'm saying here, but someday, and we forget that God is still in control, that people still do love us, it's not easy to recognize the gifts coming your way when you're in the middle of a storm. I remember talking to a young couple who were just, they've had some hurt. They had some pain. They just devastated. They, they cried. They, they just, they, they, just they, they were ready to just, I don't know what to do. Just throw in the towel. I, I, I know that's not the right thing to do, but I'm just, I'm just tired and I'm weary. And I just, and, and I don't know, I was just talking to them, trying to help them. No, that's not what you want to do. That's, don't throw in the towel. You're in a storm, but stay there. You're going to be okay. And I, I remember, and I told them a little situation, and I just simply said something about, um, I got a phone call the other day. I wasn't making anything up. I'm a lie to people. And so I, I was telling the truth to them. And I said, I got a phone call the other day, and they were wondering where you were because they missed you. And they were concerned about you. I no more got those words on my mouth, and they were just, the, the husband, he just, he just broke and sobbed because what had happened, they were in a storm so severe, and all they could see and hear was the scariness of that storm. They didn't hear one other thing. They didn't see one other thing. But when I blocked the storm for just a moment and I told them, there are people who love you and care for you and are rooting for you. What a difference. Kind of cleared the vision there. It didn't take them out of the storm, but it kind of cleared and got them settled again just a little bit. Got their feet back on the deck a little bit and thinking, okay, we can take another step of faith. We can, we can do this. 
just that realizing that others care and are willing to share that burden of, of what you're facing. You're not alone in this storm. I always think of Paul when he was doing that, and he gets on his prison ship, and the Lord says, you're going to Rome. Wonderful. When do I get my first-class ticket? What cruise ship am I going to be on? No, you're going in the belly of a nasty sh ship of, you know, that has prisoners all that's where you're going and then you're going to be all of this stuff's going to happen to you and but when he got to that little city they were able to meet his needs and maybe that was one of those things that helped propel Paul a little bit further so we talked about this last time we, we think of these people that are just these grand people and they were the apostle Paul Whew. marvelous man and he was but let's just cut to the chase. He was a guy. People made him mad. He had food poisoning. He got sick. He was a guy. So sometimes when we read these, and I can't, it's hard to put myself in their situations, but what would it felt like to have been in that, in that storm, in the bottom of that nasty boat, but then you got to meet some saints of God who took care of you for a moment. How clear his glasses must have been when he got back on that ship. I can go another day. I'm going to get to Rome and it's going to be all right. So the, the prison boat carrying Paul is back on its way again. And the problems start, Acts 27, 4. And when he, we had launched from thence, we sailed into Cyprus because the winds were contrary already. Problems were starting. Acts 27, 9, the first part of this verse says, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous. That's the way to get going. Take off when sailing is dangerous. Scholars estimate they happened to, that maybe around the end of September or the beginning of October when the fall was changing into winter and the, the storms would come up and the seas were tumultuous. And Paul warned them, if you remember, starting at verse 10, and, and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt, and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. This is dangerous. We don't want to do this. Verse 11, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those words which were spoken by Paul. Did his tune change coming up here in a little bit? Verse 12, and because the haven was not commodious to winter, and the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete and life toward the south with west and northwest they didn't listen they decided to take out we can't win her here we can't do this we're going to take off we don't this is a prisoner we're not concerned with what he says and before they could reach safe arbor paul's prophetic words started coming true acts 27 starting at verse 14 but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called eurocliton and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind we let her drive here we have this ship that was caught in the middle of this storm. And how did those on, the bo on board respond? Really, they just let it dry. Can we use it like this and say, they just kind of gave up? This is a big old storm. We're just going to let the storm do what it needs to. We're not even going to try. We're not even going to try to stand against it. We're not going to try to do anything. We're just going to let it go. Can I say some things here? Sometimes when we're caught off guard by a storm and life spins out of control or at least out of our control, 
It's very, very tempting to feel like a victim and yield to this passive mindset. Well, this is what happens. It's, well, that's, it's my lot in life. And just resign to fate. Brace for the worst. We just allow ourselves to be tossed from one painful event to another. And Think about this, though. The, the, these storms, they don't control our lives. They don't define us or change who we internally are. In reality, they're just revealing some things of who we really are and really what has been driving us along all along. Here's the thing about this. Pretending to know God when the winds howl and the waves crash ain't going to cut it. It's going to reveal some things. When those storms come in your face, that's when you discover the depth of your faith. That's when you discover what you're made of. I will never forget walking Walk, watching, I guess, somewhat from a distance, but when we first moved in the building and Sister Mary Dugas was diagnosed with that brain tumor and watched her and watched Pastor Dugas. And then again, as Pastor Dugas was diagnosed some years later, watching them and the depth of faith they had. Do you remember those times? Sister Dugas have a good report and two terrible reports, a better report and then five worse reports. You know how it is. Just, and she'd be sitting over there with her hands up, and Brother Dugas would get up, and he said, let's pray, folks. Our God is a healer. Excuse me, sir. He didn't heal her. Our God is still a healer. The depth of that. I remember walking behind him before, and he just... Walking and just, you know, he would sing and out of his heart. It was just, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago. It wasn't a habit. It was just something that sprang from something way down in him. Out of his heart, he would start singing a song or just say, thank you, Lord. And just be walking along. Want to go get a sandwich, he'd say. And he'd, well, thank you, the Lord. He'd be thinking, but he'd be, then all of a sudden, Jesus is the answer. Where was all that coming? He was in the middle of a storm. So much was going wrong with him physically, and he was, he, that's where the depth of his faith was revealed. I'll be careful here because Sunday night service was our Sunday. It felt like an old-fashioned Sunday night, but Sunday morning service was fantastic around here. People shouting and dancing. I kept getting reports. So-and-so got Then I'd read Facebook. Somebody else got the Holy Ghost in that service. I, wow. Wonderful. I'll tread lightly. That doesn't reveal your faith. The Bible says if we don't cry out, the rocks can. So as we praise the Lord, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with trust. Watch this. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But it's when you're in the battle of your life, that 
is when your faith is put on trial. That is when you discover what you're made of. So the question then on some of this stuff is, what, what do you live for? What, what, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Do, do you know what you're doing in life? Do you have and have you found your God-given purpose? What is, where is your Rome? How are you, are you on your way to Rome? Is God taking you there? Is that what drives you in the morning? Is that what gets you up most of the day? Or is it making more money, pleasing your boss, getting raises, achieving promotions? What drives you as a Christian? Those things will pass away way but something's got to be way down on the inside of us that gets me up in the morning and says I'm a child of God and the kingdom is going to advance today I know my purpose and what God has called me to do and being passionate about that those are the things that's weighed down inside of us that that resonates from down inside when a storm breaks out in your life you're going to be driven by some things is it driven by money well what if you lose all your money it's driven by i have a i can get a job anywhere and i'm confident i can i can get a job i can make money is what i can until i become a quadriplegic then what is that where my faith was or is my faith resting in God? What are the when these storms come? This is the thing. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. But storms are going to come, folks. It's going to reveal some things in you. And what is it going to do? You can be driven by the past or the future. You can be driven by the pathetic or the prophetic. You can be driven by the problems or the promises. You can be driven by nightmares or dreams. You can be driven by the flesh or by the spirit. You can be driven by Google searches or godly churches. You can be li dri driven by the trauma of the storm or God's destiny for your life. Your choice. What drives you can never let our problem drive our decision. Our, contra our, 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 our crisis cannot become our compass. Because if I'm in the middle of the storm, the first thing I want to do is bail ship. Or the first thing I want to do is stop. Let me off. I quit. That's the first thing in the flesh I want to do. Don't be driven by what you see. But be driven by what God has said. Don't be driven by past mistakes. But be driven by future miracles. Don't be driven by how I feel. But be driven by faith. Don't be driven by being a victim. But by being victorious. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God. No matter how harsh the storm or how devastating its impact. You always get to choose how you respond. And if you're led by the Spirit, how very liberating that statement to being able to be choose to be led by the Spirit. But some people don't want to accept that because that puts a whole lot of responsibility on me. Because then I can't blame. It's a center of locus of control. My math teacher's an idiot and they're too hard. Or did I not study? I'm broke and can't pay rent. I just don't know what to do. I'm just a victim of her society. I can't get a job. 
Did you put any applications out? There's choices we make. I'm not saying everything's hunky-dory and easy, and I'm not saying that, that you understand there are difficulties along the wayside. I'm not knocking any of that stuff, but at some point... We have to realize there are some choices that we as Christians can make. And the choice to serve God, come what may, I'm going to serve God. That's the choice you have to make. If they sing a fast song or a slow song, it doesn't matter. Come what may, I'm going to worship. If they sit in my pew or they don't sit in my pew, I'll sit in another one. Come what may, I'm coming to church. Your choice. Isn't that beautiful? You have a choice. But on the flip side, since you have a choice, you've got to take a whole bunch of responsibility. I shall move on. Max Lucado wrote, Feed your fears and your faith will starve. Feed your faith and your fears will. The crewman on... Paul's voyage reacted out of fear. They assumed there's no way to survive. It was such a terrible storm. So they did to them what seemed logical. Just let the storm do what it wants. Give up. Don't try. And wherever it leads me, that's what we're going to do. This terrible, terrible storm that took place. I'm out of time, so I'll quit there. We'll, we'll catch this back up. But I will reiterate just a few things here. If you're not in a storm, you will face a storm. That's life. But as I've said before, before you get in the storm, make sure You've got some things settled. Because I see waves. I see the here and now. I see the storm in front of me. Yet I know he's with me. I can't feel him. Job says, I look there, look there, look there, look all around. I can't see him. My life's devastated. But he makes a powerful statement. Even though I can't see, can't find, can't feel God, it doesn't matter. He knows the way that I take. <laughs> and whether I can feel or find God is not as important as God not losing track of me. And he never will. Knowing these things, putting these things in practice, realizing that I want my faith to be rooted deeply in God so I can be steadfast and unmovable in Him. And that can only happen when I go through these storms, but it can happen when my faith is reaching down and I walk with Him and I walk by faith. Let's all stand in this place. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us and for the power of the Holy Ghost that is 
works in our lives. We are thank you for this great gift, Lord, that empowers us and directs us and leads us. I pray, Lord, there are people that are watching online that may watch later. There's people even in this very building, Lord, that are going through trials and situations. God, I pray that you'd comfort them. I pray that you'd wrap your loving arms around them. I pray that you would help them to find a, a, a site on where they can get off and where people can minister. Let us be the true body of Christ, ministering to one another to help each other through the storms that we face, Lord, and knowing that you're right there with us. I pray that you would ground us in the faith, ground us in the truth. Let us make up our mind and have our minds set on you in every situation, no matter what we face, no matter what we go through. I pray that you would help us. Bless each one. Let us have a great day, a great remainder of this week, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.